Welcome to Bear Essential on Fitness, where we will talk on different aspects of fitness and have special guests such as local athletic directors and coaches. Also be able to meet trainers and locally and nationally to get their expertise and their aspects on different sports, as well as the training that they get. Thank you very much. Viewers and listeners, today at Bear Fitness Essentials for training, I have the privilege to have Kevin from Restore to the Spot on here. He's a local business that helps those not only athletes to with injuries, but also adults that have different issues. He will be talking about all the different things he's got, which may take about the whole time because this gentleman has so many voodoo devices that are used at the higher levels that it's amazing. So Kevin, can tell can you tell the viewers and the listeners a little bit about you? I know one thing that was interesting when I first met is you didn't start in this field. You actually started in a whole different one too. So tell about yourself and how'd you get into it? Well, thank you. Um, my name's Kevin Heber. I started Restorative Spot a few years ago. I've done it on the side for quite some time. I gotten hurt playing football in college, and so that kind of got me turned on to alternatives other than surgery, and a lot of the things are not available to the general public unless you're at a D1 school or professional level. So when I sold my other business, I decided that I was going to do something that I really enjoyed, and I wanted to be able to help people, so I've kind of went into the alternative to uh, traditional medicine. So everything from being just general massage all the way to trying to fix problems. And as Chris mentioned, I've got quite a uh, inventory of different machines and technologies that like I said, is available to the professional athletes and the D1 athletes a lot of times, but it's not really available to the general public. So I've got, you know, a lot of everything from age groupers, people like me that think we're still 18 and do stupid things to the, uh, I've got current professional athletes. I've got former NFL players. I've got, you know, high schoolers and I've got, you know, grade schoolers and I've got geriatrics that have issues. So it's really well-rounded for just about everybody. So um, can you, so as I know, uh, what is a normal procedure when somebody comes in there, um, when if they go, I've got a pain. So how do you do, how do you work with them? Typically, you know, I'll find their, I'll, we'll do a intake sheet and we'll talk about what their chief complaint is, what is bothering them, what brings them in to me. You know, what's going on? What are they having troubles? What, what exercises or what just movement is making it worse or better? And then we will do a series of different uh, manual muscle testing and different diagnostic type exercises to just see what, what is doing it. Because like, you know, Chris has seen a number of times as well, what may, you know, be something like a neck pain, maybe down in your hips is what's causing it. So we just try to 
through a short interview and some very simple, you know, just by muscle testing, seeing how different muscles move and interact with others and just generally looking and talking to the people, which seems to be gone in today's medicine is, you know, they just want to get you in and out in five to 15 minutes and give you a prescription. So I've worked with a number of physicians, surgeons. And so, yeah, if it's, I'm not above saying it's over my head, we need to, you know, there's definitely a place for traditional medicine. I've done, you know, I've taught up in Canada and, you know, there's some great things about it, but then, you know, if I'm in a trauma situation, I want to be heard here in the States. If, you know, for preventative, we're like a third world country. And most of my stuff comes under preventative or alternative. I don't carry in, I don't take insurance. So it's all private pay. But what I can do is usually help people out in a short period of time. And then the other thing is I give them things they can do on their own to keep improving and, you know, getting so they do not need me. Because, you know, it's pointless if it only lasts for a week and then you have to keep coming back. So that's the reason, you know, I give them some rehabilitation type things to do and then get them back over to like you or whatever to go back to their sport or to get somebody that's going to be doing a good job of training them versus some of these coaches that are hurting them instead of actually teaching them. So say somebody can, uh, what are some of the machines that you'd use? Like say they had a shoulder issue. Um, I, I know I've, you, you've used a couple on me, um, just to show me what it is, but I've known, uh, I know some of my tennis players and, uh, basketball players have come over to you for you for knee and shoulder. So what are like, what type of machines would you use say for a shoulder? Typically I, you know, I start with just manual, uh, touch and, feeling how the joint moves, how the muscle moves, and seeing how the body moves in relation to that. Then a lot of times I'll use what is known as myofascial release, which is a type of massage, which is just kind of opening up the fascial tissues. Instead of just making it feel good for a short period, it gives a long lasting effect. From there, a lot of times I'll do what's known as ART or active release techniques. Uh, which are more muscle um, stretching and muscle interactions. It works with nerve entrapments, muscle entrapments, and tightness. So after we find that, you know, we do some of these different techniques on, let's say, the shoulder, and it's still tight or there's still issues, a lot of times we'll use what's known as a sound shock wave or extracorporeal shockwave therapy, ESWT. It goes under a number of different type of names. And what that does is it's the same technology as what they use for uh, breaking up kidney stones. However, when they do that, it's a very focalized unit. What mine is is a radial unit. So it spreads out very fast and very wide pattern and it doesn't go as deep. So I don't have to worry about causing harm by not having, you know, the imaging and all that type of stuff to see exactly what it is. But you're working in the muscle bodies and things. And I actually did a, a about a month long internship up in Canada to 
get trained on that because here in the States, there wasn't anybody that's really doing extensive training on that. So that is one of my favorites. It works great for musculature. It works great for breaking up uh, uh, adhesions. It works great for even calcium deposits, uh, plantar fasciitis, you know, any number of different things. One of the big things you'll see it advertised here in the States for is erectile dysfunction, funny enough. <laughs> and, you know, they operate that under the uh, one of the big companies that advertises that is Gainsway. So, you know, it's used for all types of things here in the States, but not really for the athletic side, unless, like I said, you know, like the Division One schools and most of the professional sports teams have one. But, you know, it's just not really available yet. It's it's getting more and more so than when I started in the last six months. Since COVID, I think people have invested in some machines, but um, hopefully that's going to keep getting. One of my other favorites for, let's say, the shoulder or general that I know a number of your clients have used is the uh, PEMF, or Pulse Electromagnetic Field Therapy. And there's all different types of that, anywhere from little home units to mines. I've got some, I've got like four different high-powered units and it actually increases the permeability of the cell membrane. So it allows the oxygen to get in better, allows the waste products to get out of the cells better. And anytime you're increasing that circulation, you're going to decrease inflammation. And when you decrease inflammation, you're gonna decrease pain and you're gonna start feeling better. There is a lot of science, um, you know, even domestic uh, studies uh, showing, and I'm in the process of adding a lot of those medical, the medical research to my website so people can see about it, but it's still considered alternative health. The FDA has um, approved some things and made it FDA approved, but, you know, it's very specific on a, on a specific type of injury or whatever, but it's a great exercise, cellular exercise device is how it's marketed uh, in the um, realm of things. I also have uh, spot cryo where they use liquid nitrogen and it's like an ice pack on steroids. I can <laughs> freeze a shoulder, you know, I can start at like negative 250 degrees Fahrenheit and it just in three to four minutes time, I can really have that joint really frozen. And, you know, we keep moving it and it just uses the liquid nitrogen gas. Then I've got a full body cryo chamber where you stand in and it's basically like a ice bath. You're in there in your whole body uh, being exposed to, I usually put people about negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit and you're in there for a maximum of three minutes and you feel very exhilarated when you get out. It, it's you do. <laughs> it feels really good. And it, you know, it's the same as like a dry heat versus the humid heat. Gotcha. You know, that dry cold doesn't seem, I, I do ice baths as well, but I'd much rather do a three minute um, cryo treatment in negative 200 than I would an ice bath at what, 32 degrees or, you know, the same amount of time. It's trying to get in there. I've tried it before. It's not fun trying to get into that ice bath. No. But, you know, they do great job. 
And there's, you know, mixed research as to which is better. I think they complement each other between the ice bath and the cryo chamber because of how quickly one will cool versus the other. But, you know, there's a lot that, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. I don't have that many people except the athletes doing it during the winter because who wants to come in and be at negative 200 and then go out to negative 40 outside. But, you know, when things start warming up, I get a lot more people. But during the winter, you know, I get a lot of the basketball players and stuff because even like after, because when you're working out, you're tearing those muscle fibers, you're tearing them down. And then that recovery time is what's so important to reheal it. So the, um, there's been a lot of medical research that they actually now are not going directly into the cryo chamber after the training workout because it's decreasing the amount of progress they're making with their lifts or whatever. So they're saying, you know, three to four hours post-workout is a good time to do the cryo chamber just because it's not inhibiting all of your work from the workout. Gotcha. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing about that recently. Um, I've seen a couple people doing podcasts on it. Um, who knows? Like going, it's like how much study is that? It's, uh, you'd have to need a lot of studies to make sure that was correct or not. That's the one thing it's, you never, one person says one thing, one person says the other. It all depends on what was their, uh, their whole overlay on what they were doing their study on. And exactly. So, and what, what they're trying to accomplish out of it. Yep. Um, so I also know you have like all these different pods too. So what is like going, I know it's like you have an infrared one and you had a moisture one type thing. I probably said that wrong. But can you talk about that? Sure. I've got uh, basically one is similar to a sauna. I've got an actual uh, workout sauna that's a, I can put three spin bikes in there. So you can do a spin workout. There's a TV in there so you can do a simulated hot yoga. You can do any number of things in the heat in that sauna. Then if you're really um, hardcore, you can actually do altitude training in there as well. But then the pods is simply a, your head stays out of the um, sauna pod and your, your body from your neck down is inside a red light and sauna pod. And you, it also has the table that you're laying on has vibration. So it's kind of like a vibration plate that you can adjust the vibration amount. You can adjust the temperature, anything from a nap setting where it's just a nice, warm, gentle, you know, setting to, you know, a full out infrared sauna setting where, you know, you're in there and just dripping a set sweat. A typical session on that is like 30 minutes, but you know, the nap setting's like 15. So you can just come in and do a nice relaxation. So you get all the benefits of the infrared sauna, you know, you're detoxing, uh, loosening up the muscles, warming them up. Then I've got the hydropod, which is basically the same as a steam bath. So it's a vibratory bed in there. Again, you control that and you control the temperature, but it's just done with steam, which is really nice when your skin is dry or anything like that, because it just bakes that moisture into it. The nice thing about it is a lot of people are um, have issues with... Um, claustrophobia and with the claustrophobia of being in a pod or 
you're out of the pod because it it's your head is staying out the entire time. So that's one of the nice things with doing that. Then in like the dry pod, we also have it set up so it's got to an oxygen concentrator. So it's blowing additional oxygen inside the body and around the face. And then um, you can also put essential oils. It's got going across the Himalayan salt stone if you're wanting some of that type of stuff as well. So there's a lot of things that you can add to that as well as just sitting in a sauna or sitting in a steam bath. And it's a lot more comfortable than doing, um, you know, sitting on a bench because you're in a nice padded uh, contoured bed that can work as a vibration plate as well. Nice. You were talking about the altitude mass thing. Um, can you uh, elaborate on that? Because I know you talk about doing it with people that are uh, getting ready for triathlons, for the mountains, stuff like that. But can you tell the uh, audience a little bit? Sure. I've got two different types of the altitude. One is what they call adaptive contrast oxygen. And what that is, is we work with a oxygen concentrator and a uh, oxygen or an altitude generator. And what that does is, so I can flip the switch and I can take it from basically having 95% oxygen down to about 12 to 14, which is basically 10,000 feet. Ooh. And by switching back and forth, we can, um, so um, by switching back and forth, you can basically like circuit training the cardiovascular system. So by doing that is, you know, I'll, I'll hyper oxygenate them and we'll really build up a high percentage of oxygen. We'll put the oxygen saturation on their fingers so we can keep track of it. And then we will drop them down to, depending if it's an elite athlete, we may drop them their PSO2 or their amount of oxygen in their system way down. Somebody that's you know having medical issues, we may not drop it as far. But you know, so we can simulate being in Colorado at 10,000 feet so you're getting all the advantages of doing a, um, a training at altitude, but then by switching it back to high oxygen, you can do a quick recovery and then go right back to altitude. So you nice. can train longer. Then I also have an altitude tent where I can take that all the way up to 21,000 feet. Who's doing so, that? <laughs> So yeah, by doing that, we can, you know, really simulate the oxygen and that's strictly at the elite type level at that. But with the adaptive contrast, we use that in conjunction with the PEMF and we're, I'm actually part of a study where we've done some uh, concussion protocols where we hyperoxygenate the brain. And then because same as, you know, like a hyperbaric chamber, which I do have one of those as well, <laughs> but with the oxygen, with the exercise, when you're exercising with that oxygen, you're forcing kind of like a tree root. When you're starving the a body for oxygen, you're opening up all those different pathways, same as a tree roots trying to. <laughs> Sorry. That's well, all right. So now that, you know, then when you flip it to that high concentration of oxygen, all those new red blood cells, all those new pathways are open and it's really forcing oxygen into areas that aren't 
normally oxygenated near as well. So, I mean, I've got geriatric, older people that use it just to feel a lot better. And this can be anything from doing, you know, a rock climbing wall to a treadmill to a spin bike to anything from one of those like hand wheels if you're if that's all you can do. You just need something to start building up that cardiovascular system. So, you know, it, it works very, very well, both for the athletic training standpoint and just a general health standpoint. Awesome. Um, since COVID started, I, I know a lot of uh, kids that thankfully they've been able to still keep going. So we've been ma making sure their muscles are strong enough, especially for back of the leg, stuff like that. Um, what are the, what are the, what's been the common injuries, um, you've been seeing coming in from the sports industry? Um, what I'm seeing a lot with sports with post COVID is everybody was very sedentary for, you know, all these months. And then they're trying to jump back in and start training at the level of where they were. And so I'm seeing a lot of overuse injuries um you know just not building up that base you know starting you know there again you know that's the reason i'm so adamant to try and get people under good training versus some of these coaches that get their certificate in a weekend and now all of a sudden they're an expert yep and so you know i'm i see a lot of overuse and overtraining where they're not giving the body time to recover they're not letting the body um you know, they're not working all the auxiliary muscles, you know, they're just hitting the main ones. And so they're not building up any of those stabilizer muscles, or they're just, the other thing I'm seeing a lot of is, you know, they're all doing all push exercises and no pull. So, you know, their backside is completely weak. And so, you know, I, it takes a lot for me then to loosen it up, but it goes right back into dysfunction if they're not under proper training or not following a good training plan to able to to be able to do a well-rounded. But yeah, overuse is probably what I'm seeing the most right now. I know, I, um, like especially from the girls' sports, listening to some of my girls, like the ACL and meniscus knee injuries, I've skyrocketed through the roof. Um, I mean, you can see in the professional sports too. As right. like the injuries have gone up through the roof, um, like you said, sedentary for so long, and then go right into it um, with not working their way up. The other thing, you know, is that I'm seeing, and I mean, I know that you offer a lot of cross training, is people at such a young age now are trying to be so sport specific. You know, when you and I were in sports, everybody was a three sport athlete, or at least two sport athletes. So you were using different muscles. Now, I mean, they start at, you know, very young age and they're sport specific and never change. And so, you know, they've just, unless they've got somebody that's doing cross training to work on other muscles, they're just, they're causing all kinds of overuse. I was talking to one of the collegiate um, uh, Big Ten recruiters and he's like, I, I, in my athletes, he's like, I want to see more than just one sport because they're either getting burned out or they're having all kinds of injuries because it is strictly one motion. That's true. It's like going, uh, I've been to a couple of sports conferences where the uh, different coaches and the coaches come in there. They're talking about uh, most of the D1s at a minimum want two, di two different sports. 
not volleyball and basketball. They want something right. that's going to be actually have more movement. That's something different. Um, that is very true. I think Ohio State is requiring like three, like the bigger the bigger uh, the bigger sports teams. Like you said, the bigger they are, they're like we want diversity. It's like just because of what you're saying, overtraining, overuse of the same muscles over and over again. So um, for a lot, last thing, if you could give one piece of advice to people to do anything to help them to um, just get themselves started and sell like self stuff. I mean, don't do it without something stupid. It's like when some people will go, here, let me watch a video and I know it, know how to do it. What's something that you, what, what piece of advice you'd give uh, to the audience? You know, one of the things, and I was just looking to see if I had one handy, one of the, you know, is just learning some gentle stretching, some myofascial type stretching. Uh, I use like a uh, four inch ball here. Let me grab it real quick. You know, just a general like four inch soft play type ball. And you can put that on your shoulder and then lay on it. You can put it up against the wall uh, and it's very gentle. I use a lot with lacrosse balls. Mm -hmm. They work really good, but they're too forceful on some areas. This thing is great in like the psoas area. You know, you can lay on the floor, put this in there, put it on your TFL on your side. You can put it on your glutes, but you know, something this simple is so much better and, you know, just lay on it for like five minutes and let your body absorb around it. Don't aggressively do that or get the, you know, the big, you know, impact uh, massagers. Because yep. I see a lot of people actually hurt themselves with those because, you know, yeah, they're, they're just trying to no pain, no gain. And they're yep. just killing themselves. Whereas like a simple myofascial release with like the ball just you know, lay on that, put it with there and hold it for five, 10 minutes. And you'll just feel your body melt around that. And I mean, just move it around the body, find those hot spots and just finding those hot spots, you know, work wonders. Cause I mean, I, I do a lot of teaching for that after I work on somebody and I get them, you know, I give them their homework and say, you know, you really need to do this just to you know, and do it before bed, do it after your workout, because it's important to do it while you're warm. You know, back when we were in school, you know, you always stretch cold to begin with, you know, and so just, just keep doing that stretching. And, you know, if everybody stretched out really well, my business would be cut in half. Well, and that's what I mean. I preach to all the kids here, the myofascial release, because prior to training and then you stretch out after the, um, right after you do the release muscles and then later after, after you're finished. And like you said, before bed, I tell people, I go, when you're sleeping is when your body's rebuilding. It does nothing. It can't do it. It can't fully go uh, repair until you stop moving. And so I completely agree with that. Um, Kevin, thank you for joining us today uh, for the audience. I'll have Kevin's information for you to get a hold of him. Like I said, phenomenal guy. He knows his stuff. If you feel the traditional medicine doesn't seem like it's getting for you, or you want to try something that is, while well, maybe a little different, it actually works. I have very many, I've sent a lot of athletes that have gotten injured while they're playing, um, gone to them. And 
one to two sessions and they're feeling better than they ever actually before they got injured. So Kevin, again, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Fair Essentials on Fitness today. If you like it, subscribe to a podcast as well as share it out to others that may be in the same interest. At any point in time, leave a question. Hopefully we can get back to you and give you the information that you're looking for. Again, thank you very much. This is Coach Chris from Bear Fitness. Thank <laughs> you.